Spoilers. Tell them. Spoilers. Get some. Spoiler season with us. Yeah. New cards. Welcome to spoiler season. Uh, this is episode three of uh, our Ether Revolt review. So we're looking today at uh, our first card. Jumping in is Merchant's Porter. Uh, this is one mana. It's an artifact creature, construct, and you can pay blue and three, tap it, and tap X number of artifacts you control. Look at the top X cards of your library, add one of them to your hand, and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. What are your thoughts on this one, Kate? All right, so what we have here is the simple artifact tutor. What happened to your voice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so it's a it's a very easy to kill body, but one nice thing is it's super cheap. I mean, if you're a deck that wants to lay down a lot of artifacts quickly, one mana, it's very easy to get it down, and it's going to help you refill if you're trying to play a lot of artifacts. The, I mean, it's, I I'm not super excited about. It. I don't I don't really think it'll see play, but um, I like the idea of it. I don't think it's very good. It's it dies to a strong breeze. Um, I guess Liliana doesn't kill it, so I can't say it dies to a strong breeze. Uh, but it dies That's to like everything. everything else. It can't really do anything in combat, and it's expensive. To, its ability is four mana, which is a yeah. lot for kind of a glorified anticipate. And then also, I don't know how many artifacts you think you're going to have. Like I would just play anticipate, play anticipate with some gear hulks to flash it back if you really want to. Like, and this is awkward because you're playing it. You, you can't activate it the turn it's coming down, right? Right, because it you're, has to tap. If you're playing it early, you're, it's just going to sit there and not really do anything unless you're in, innovating. Um, mm. But, like, this, yeah, I just don't it's, think it's good. I don't think it, it's, good. it's pretty unfortunate that it's on a body and not just an artifact. Yeah, I, I think you see this doing being good and uh, limited because you'll have, hopefully, some artifacts and uh, you'll be able to use it in turn or whatever and board stalls and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Next card... We have to be pretty excited about it. This is a modern staple. Um, this card is in one of the most powerful decks in modern. Yeah. Affinity. Uh, it, it's a zero a good one. mana creature. Okay. Wow. So you got to get hyped for that. Wizards printed one of those. I know. Uh, it is called Ornithopter. It is a zero two flying artifact creature for zero. I mean, just wow. This OP. could break the standard format. OP. Yeah. I think they... Uh, I hesitate to say this. I wonder if they need to reprint Stormcrow to fight this card. I mean, uh, let's not get out of hand. They can't just keep printing powerful cards to fight their other powerful cards. I don't know, Kate. Ornithopter is... card's busted. I know. Uh, being realistic, uh, Ornithopter in this standard might be fine um you know you can pro there's that paradoxical outcome deck right now we had two uh zero mana artifacts in standard this gives us a third one um i, I don't think it's going to push the deck into tier one status but you know maybe it goes up from tier six to tier four and that's nice yeah um, i mean it's an easy creature to get down we do have not a good one but we do have that one uh red enchantment that gives an artifact plus three plus zero and first strike and you know we also have um and we'll get to this later but the new and soul artifact the tezzeret's touch mm -hmm. which uh makes it a five five so being able to attack with a five five flyer on turn three is is nice not as yeah. good as a five five flyer on turn two of like course. old standard yeah so i mean this could have a place in in the kaladeshi aether revolt worlds 
But let's also be real. If you're not playing the Masterpiece version, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> next card is, uh, what is the next card? Hungry Flames. This is red two instant. Hungry Flames deals three damage to target creature, two damage to target player. Uh, so right off the bat, I do like that it's three mana for a total of five damage. Kind of sucks that it is three to a creature, two to the player, and you can't really divvy that up. Um in other ways if you wanted to it'd be really good oh i know that'd be so that good. is my that is my dream for them to print broken that's burn cards. broken i know i know I, it's very it's a very good card as is like this is in limited this is great oh this absolutely is a three mana instant kill most stuff and then in constructed if there's a, a dedicated burn deck this probably goes into it yeah um, it's pretty good absolutely i mean even in constructed it's gonna kill i mean you know, probably not the big baddies that you're super concerned about, but no, this is like I said, this is for a burn deck, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, you play harness lightning. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. This is like uh, I think probably though what you'd play in a burn deck to buy yourself a little yeah. more time while still burning. Hit them the face. Yeah. So next we have uh, Rishkar Pima Renegade. Oh, this is an elf. My turn. Okay. Green two for a two two legendary elf druid. When it enters the battlefield, put a one one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Each creature you control with a counter on it has tap, add green to your mana pool. So, first of all, this can enter and be three for three, three mana dork, and you get another mana dork on top of that. And if you have any other one, one counters floating around, those are all mana dorks. Realistically, I don't think this is gonna make it into standard, but I think it's a really cool way to ramp. I, I think it'll be very good and limited. Get your bomb out before your opponent. Pretty important. I mean, yeah, so I think... I'm not as pessimistic about this in standard. Ooh. I I think that like, um, I, I mean I'm I'm not saying I think it's gonna be the best card ever, but I'm <laughs> saying that um, a three mana three three is fine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna assume you put a counter on Rishkar and then you put a counter somewhere else. Sure. So a three mana three three is fine. It's also buffing something else, and this is taking you from on turn three having three mana to turn four, assuming you hit a land drop six mana. Yeah, it's a big... That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's at a, least six. It's like an explosive right? vegetation could... on turn three. Yeah. At least six. Yeah, if you six. have counters on something else. I guess. I'm going to assume you don't. Sure. You probably don't. So the other cool thing, which I think is just very flavorful, is uh, you're able to go turn three Rishkar and then turn four Rishkar's Expertise because it <laughs> costs six mana. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I think that uh, this card is playable. Uh, because it ramps you so fast. And even if they kill one of the two creatures with the counter on it, they're not going to probably kill, kill both. both of them. Unless they untap and cast Yehani's Expertise, then you'll be sad. Hmm. Uh, but I feel like you'll often be sad if they cast that on turn four. So, yeah, assuming they kill one thing, you're still going from three mana to then five mana, which is still pretty nice. Yeah. So let's move on to Rishkar's Expertise. Four green-green... Sorcery. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. You may cast a card with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So, so far the expertises we've seen have all been four drops, cast a three drop. This is a little bigger. This is definitely a late game play. Um, Very cool that it draws the cards prior to you casting a card. So, late game, maybe you're running out of fuel, you get something good, and you get to cast immediately. It is a little expensive, but it's not a do nothing. Like you're you're drawing cards and you're doing something on your turn, so I think it's pretty good. Just gonna say that the blue one 
better do something that draws <laughs> cards better than the green one. Or yeah. it better do something really good because it's not very nice that green keeps stealing all the card draw. Okay? I know you like green. That's fine. But I'm not happy about all the card draw that's been going to green recently. Yeah. Not very nice. I mean, if you play recently, you might think that green is the card draw color. Card advantage color. Sure. Yeah. However, so I am pretty high on this card. Um, I think that Rishkar's expertise is very good. Um, and that I say that because I think if we evaluate... So, okay, first I'm going to say the bad thing about it. The awkward <laughs> thing about it is that this wants you to play your curve out of order, right? Where you're going turn five, I play a five drop. Turn six, I play this. Oh no, I don't have a five drop. I hope I draw one, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, if you're building your deck with like Vergers, Gear Hulks, and Nissas, like you're probably going to have a five drop, hopefully. Or even if not, you, you're going to get something to cast. Um, and that's that's just what I'm thinking is that this is this is just a strong play. You normally, if you want to draw cards, you have to tap out during your turn and you throw your turn away, right? If it's a sorcery. Or if it's an instant, that's usually a blues territory or Duskwatch Recruiter's territory or Tireless <laughs> Tracker's territory. And you do that at the end of your opponent's turn um, at instant speed. This is, is nice. It has very high upside in terms of how many cards you're drawing. And it still lets you cast a spell. So it lets you still pressure the board. And like Katie said, the ability to draw cards first makes this really, really good. Now, I also think that if we assume that you have at least three power on board, okay, then what I'm doing is I'm paying six mana to cast a five mana spell and then draw three cards, right? I'd put it in the other order, but sure. Yeah, but like you're doing those two things. Like, yes, yes, it's, yes. it's better that it's in the other order. Yeah, right. I, th- it's, I, think. I think it matters. Um, yeah, because the card would also be very good if we flip the order and you could cast the five mana spell first because you cast a creature and then you get to, you know, draw the cards, the oh, bunch sure. of cards, right? But this is going to be paired with something in the Obzon spectrum. I think this is going to be a, a green-black or a green-white card. Um, if we put this with white, you get to take up Gideon, activate this, and draw five cards. Yeah. Right? So you get five off of Gideon. Uh, if you are in black, um, then uh, you're in green-black, and you're probably running Ishkana. So that's probably going to be three cards, which is still fine. I'm totally happy to pay six mana and get something and like yeah there's going to be the, the weird cases where like okay i'm only drawing two cards uh and you know I, i'm casting a four drop instead of a five drop but i think overall the value on this card is pretty high and i i'm looking forward to testing this i think this is a card with a uh, high upside and it's just like going you know drawing a bunch of cards and casting a nissa or a virtuous gear hulk is is really strong it's a really strong play uh, and I'm sure there's other cards too, but those are the two that that kind of come to mind. Yeah, Ishkana, you get to cast Ishkana off this, oh, right, yeah. for free. Good. Oh my gosh! And and also, if you're in green black, so if I just said white, you're in Gideon. If you're in green black, you have a Grim Flare or a Sylvan Advocate, and those have four power, which means you're drawing four cards, and then you're getting to cast something like a Gear Hulk. And this also means that multiples are good because if I cast a Gear Hulk and pump my Grim Flare up to a eight eight, then I get to draw eight cards next time, right? I just think I think this card um, is worth worth testing. I think it's going it's doing two things that are very strong, um, and in conjunction with each other, it's nice. I, I look forward to testing this out. And again, it, it, it depends a little bit on like if we don't have mid range decks, right? Again, this probably it just isn't good. doesn't have a home um, unless you get some kind of green black control deck uh, like we kind of had in last standard with just Sylvan Advocate and Creature Lands, mm. um, and 
maybe this could fit in there somehow. But you know, I, I think really you need a mid range deck to take take advantage of this. Yeah. Next up, release the gremlins. Red XX sorcery. Destroy X target artifacts. Create X two two red gremlin creature tokens. So you know, smallest you can cast it for three to destroy one artifact and get a two two. Um, I mean, I feel bad for red, honestly. Like, green and white are getting the good artifact hate cards. This is red's best thing, probably, so far. I think, really, you want to evaluate this in terms of X equals one, like you said, where you just want to blow up one. It's like Quarantine Field, in that when it gets a little bit better in terms of how much mana you're spending, it gets much better in terms of its effect. Blowing up two artifacts for five mana is expensive, but it's going to be really good, and you're going to get the two, uh, the two two twos. I, however, uh, I, I don't, I think that natural state and fragmentize, even appetite for the uh, unnatural, I think are still better than this. Um, if you're like in red and desperately need some kind of an answer for artifacts, like you might run this. But I, I right now, I think it's the, one of the worst options that we have for artifact removal. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, but I think it's, I, <laughs> it seems kind of crazy. We're getting so much artifact hate, like... Wizards must really think, have thought the deck was... Bri- I mean, to me, this looks like they think... No, I don't think this card really is good. very good. I think this card no, is like a limited card. No, I, I agree. Is but it a mythic? No, it's a rare. But there's just so many... We're not getting that much artifact hate. We're getting... We got Release the Gremlins, and we got the five mana enchantment in white. I, 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 I think it's fine. I think that the amount of hate is appropriate. Like, mm-hmm. Release the Gremlins is really clunky... Fragmentize is really good, but is sorcery. Natural State misses Aetherworks Marvel and Panharmonicon, but is uh, an instant. Mm. And Appetite is hits everything, but is expensive. It's a three-mana spell. So I think like we have a good mix right now, um, and I think that's fine. Our next card is tentatively named Greenbelt Druid. This is green one for a one-three, and it taps to add a green to your mana pool. Cool. It's a mana dork. Uh, this is actually the, probably the best mana dork we have in standard right now, aside from Servant of the Conduit if you care about energy, um, because this actually can block stuff well. Right. Yeah. Part of the reason Sylvan, so Sylvan Caryatid was very good because it had hexproof, oh but also gosh. like it blocked stuff pretty well. Yeah. And three toughness is like a good toughness to have. So I like that uh, early on this ramps you, and then later on it can you know it Locks can do some their stupid reflector mages. Yeah, it doesn't die to Liliana, which is an important requirement of any mana dork these days. So I like the card. Yeah. Next up, Aetherwind Basker. This is green, 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 so triple green, plus four mana for a 7-7 lizard with trample. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, get one energy for each creature you control. Pay one energy, gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. So, uh... Card's boss and limited. Yeah, it's just, it's like terrifying. I mean, you get an energy for every creature you control, it's like... You throw down servos, you throw down just, I mean, this is coming down really late, right? It's a seven drop. You're going to have a ton of creatures. It enters with a bunch of energy and, and then you trample, trample over them with to, like. If this comes down, they need to answer it right away because if yeah. they don't, they're going to die. This like, is horrifying. I think it's safe to assume you're going to get three or four energy off of this at least. So it's going to attack for 10 or 11. Trample, trample. Yeah, this is they're, they're not surviving this if they if you went down with this. Um, and Katie, every time to... you attack, you get more energy. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, you're really attacking for like 14. So yeah. if you untap and attack once with this, you're good. Um, I think the hard thing about this card is triple, triple green. green. Um, yeah. But after Kaladesh, what plane are we going to next? Amonkhet. Amonkhet. Amonkhet is, what, what's the theme? Remind me. Egyptian? Mm. 
Do it. What do the do the Egyptians have gods? Ooh, ooh, devotion, devotion, mm. devotion. Mm. This is still really expensive. I think of well, my favorite seven drop in devotion was the um, Hornet Queen. Yes, Hornet Queen, just <laughs> fabulous. I just think I, I, I think there, you know, there's a chance we get devotion. They might want to do the Theros gods and Amonkhet gods differently, but something worth paying attention to. Um, and uh, I think if like if you ever gave this thing haste. Um, it'd be pretty good uh, because it, you're, it's coming down and it's going to kill them unless they have like a stasis because like damage based removal doesn't hit this at all. So oh, no. you need to have a stasis snare uh, and that's it. Yeah. Can basically. you imagine harness lightning for 14? Yeah. I mean, Marvel <laughs> might be able to pull it off. But yeah, but I don't think they want to. I, I mean, they have a lot of they, they have other ways they want to spend their energy. Yeah. So next up, we have a card I really like called uh, Industrial Tower. This is a land. You can tap it for colorless, and you can tap it and pay a life to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. But you only activate this ability when you control an artifact. So this is a cross between Mana Confluence and Glimmer Void. Um, the thing that I really like about this card is, for all intents and purposes and current standard, this is Mana Confluence. Because, but Mana Confluence with upside because most decks are running Artifact. You're running Thraven Inspector, and you have a Clue, or you're running Copter, or you're, after this set, you're running even more Artifact. So uh, this will always be able to tap a colored mana, which means that decks that want to run Eldrazi Displacer, the best card ever in Magic. Uh, what about Fatal Push? Oh, Fatal Push is so good. Do you know what? I, I think I forgot to mention yesterday that Fatal Push... Uh, and I, I, I kind of mentioned, I alluded to this beginning, but you get to just crack fetches and just kill everything. Like, so good. Fatal Push is so good. All right, so back to the land. Um, and yes, so Displacer. So this basically, it makes you, it makes it easier to splash Eldrazi into colored decks. Um, so you can run Eldrazi Displacer or Thought Not Seer. I'm thinking mainly of Panharmonicon. Um, it makes it so that you can run the Panharmonicon deck and have better mana fixing and also even splash a color if you want uh, beyond blue white maybe splash red or green um so i think this card's really good if we're looking at modern some people have said that oh it might replace glimmer void in affinity uh, i think that's pretty unlikely like yes the downside of hercules recall and sack your glimmer void is it stinks when it happens um but i don't think that like one it doesn't happen often enough and two like you often can just activate an Ink Moth end of turn to keep your Glimmer Void around, and then the next turn play out your hand again. So I think maybe this ends up being a budget replacement for Glimmer Void if you don't want to um, buy the, the card. Uh, otherwise, I don't really imagine this would be uh, an affinity. I think the land slots are pretty tight in that deck, so I, I do really like the card for Standard. Uh, the other thing that I like about it in Standard is it is another land that produces any color, which means that um, decks like... You know, I've mentioned before that I, I like playing Naya Humans, I think is a very aggressive deck, but it's very greedy in terms of colors. I think this card lets you uh, be greedier with your splashes, as long as you're only splashing uh, single pips of color and not double pips. So Sure. Next up, Inspirational Monuments. This is a three-drop artifact. Non-artifact spells you cast have Improvise. So, um... This is your dream. This is my dream. This is what I was talking about yesterday. Living the dream, just cast everything with Improvise and tap all your artifacts, cast more stuff. Yeah, it needs a drawing engine. Yeah, you're casting down artifacts, so it's not helping you to cast higher cost things. Yeah, your, your dream is uh, quite silly. Um, it but... will come true. They just need to print a couple more cards. Uh, so what do you think? Is this playable? 
I don't know. I. So I don't think that it's a turn three do nothing. Or I, I hope it's not. Because... I think it's a turn three do nothing. Well, no, 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 no. Hear me out. You play it for three. You have this. Maybe you have a clue from Thraven Inspector. So you play this and a two drop, which, you know, what? maybe is... What? I play a two drop with this? Yeah. Wow. You tap this and a clue from Thraven. So I'm in... But I can't cast artifacts. So where am I getting my colored mana from? I'm casting all sorts of colorless non-artifacts. That doesn't that, that doesn't work. That's the problem. Uh. Is you play this on three, say go, and then like here's the thing. Like you can do that with Panharmonicon, right? You say Panharmonicon, I'm gonna skip my fourth turn and pass because on turn five I get to do really broken stuff. It's not clear to me that you're gonna go turn three monuments, turn four untap and like draw seven cards, right? Okay, draw four cards. Cloud Blazers is good. It's not that. Good. Draw four cards, make a 2-2, gain four life, right? Um, so I, I don't know what you're doing with this. I don't know that, like, there's cards that merit, in, like, you're you're using a card on this, right? Yeah. You're down a card after you play this. So, like, you're gaining the ability to cast multiple spells in a turn more easily if you're into artifacts. Um, but it's really, it's just awkward to me. Because if you play this on three, it seems like you're not going to have a ton of artifacts yet. Um, and if you are, what have you been doing? And why do you want this card? Um, there haven't been any cards with Innovate so far that I'm like, oh, sorry, this, this gives your other stuff Innovate. Um, there haven't been any like cards that I really want to kind of ramp to because if I want to do that, I just play Marvel and cast Emrakul. Um, mm -hmm. And so then the, the question becomes, is it worth it to spend a card in order to kind of generally cheapen your spells across the board? Right, that's what it's going to do. It's kind of yeah. if you're in a control deck, maybe you reduce your counter spells. Now you have three mana counter summary dismissals or two mana void shatters. Um, you you have one mana removal spells, uh, and and I just don't know that it's worth it. I don't think if I played a control deck, I would want to do that. No, I, yeah, I guess it's hard. Like I I don't see it in a control deck. I'm thinking like the ideal lead up to this is like turn one Thraven, turn two Copter, turn three this. You already have three artifacts on the board and you have like four mana when you untap. That's, That's seven. That's so weird. I, I don't want to use my Copter to make mana. Maybe if you have That's something awful. worth getting, like a lizard, giant no, I, lizard. I am, I'm not too high on this card. I think that unless the cost reduction allows some kind of combo where like you can use the cost reduction to make something dirt cheap and you're netting mana when you cat i don't know but unless you can do some kind of combo with that i'm not really i don't i don't i'm not seeing it all right all right we'll see i could be wrong i've been wrong about more things <laughs> next up countless gears renegade this is a uh, white one for a two two revolt when it enters the battlefield if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token that's, that's such a mouthful it is one one Carlos servo artifact creature token. I could just say servo and you would know oh. what I meant, but yeah, um, I like it in limited. Oh yeah, absolutely. Two for three power and toughness yep. in two bodies. Totally Very good. on board with that. And an artifact it's if a, you care. It's it, it's the thing about it is like you need the revolt. It's a bear with upside, right? Like often if you play this on turn two, it's just gonna be a bear. Yeah, you, you, something's not gonna die on turn two. You hope. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, in the late game. This becomes a little bit better because you get the one one as well. But also in the late game, I don't so care small. so much about getting it. So it might actually be a little bit worse than we think. 
um, because it's kind of in that awkward spot with the revolt. Yeah. Um, where I don't think you're reliably going to get them a one. Yeah. I think it's very fine, though. Yeah, I think, like, if you're looking to fill your two-drop slot, like, this is a very good card to fill it. Yeah. It's, it's at or worst. Or if you're trying to get a couple two. extra artifacts. Yeah, it has a relevant type, a dwarf, mm-hmm. maybe if you have a... Dwarves. Dapala. You know, Dapala, or whatever. The only thing that cares about dwarves. <laughs> exactly. One of those, yeah. How do they print so many dwarves in these sets and not print more, like, dwarf lords? I, I think... He, I just, I don't, like, I, do you care about, you care about I dwarves? I do. Big dwarf fan? Well, it's not that I care about dwarves. I just like tribal. Yeah. And I feel like they gave us this, not a new race, but they gave us this race in this context and they're, they're the, um, the planners and the, the, what are the crew people called? Pilots. The pilots. They're the pilots and the planners and, and the artificers and, and then it just doesn't matter that they're all dwarves. And I would like to see them, like, work together and. And be really yeah, powerful. I think usually wizards, wizards gives a little bit of tribal support in every set, but they don't push it unless it's like a tribal set. Like Innistrad was a set that really cares a lot about tribal. Yeah. Outside of that, I, you're not going to get a ton of it. Like you'll get a little bit, but if you want it to be competitive, I, I don't. I think you got to wait for a real tribal set. Yeah. Humans, I'm telling you, humans with a metal metallic mimic. mimic. That's going to be the way to go. Uh, so next card is Renegade Map. This is a one mana artifact. Enter battlefield tapped. You can tap it, sack it, and search your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. Uh, this is, you know, I, I think probably kind of a reference to Expedition Map, which is better than this. Um, <laughs> but regardless, this is this card's fine. Um, it basically, you spend one mana to get any basic land in your deck, which is really nice for color fixing. Um, and at the same time, you are triggering Revolt. Um, so... Yeah, and you're also getting an artifact into your graveyard for Delirium if, if you're into that. So <laughs> If you're into that. Yeah, so like this could even be decent. It's probably not good enough for Green-Black Delirium, which is dead anyways. But, um, you know, <laughs> something like this is fine. Green-Black Delirium likes getting its lands with its Pilgrim's Eyes and stuff like that. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, Aid from the Cowl. Three, green-green, Revolt. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, you may reveal the top card of your library. If it is a permanent, you may put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, place the card on the bottom of your library. Okay, so in theory, I really like this. In the late game, you're a green mid-range deck, and you're running out of ammo, and then hopefully every end step, you're putting a threat down on the board. Realistically, it's very expensive. It's coming down turn five. And you have to trigger revolt for it to happen. Yeah, this—that's the only way you're playing this card. Like this, it's—it's it's hard because this effect is so cool. Yeah. To be able to just every turn, like you—you you imagine the upside, right? Like the—the—the the, the ceiling of the card is every turn you're like getting just great cards, right? Threat, right? Threat, threat. threat. Realistically, if you cannot consistently trigger revolt, you only do it once in a while. That means oh, look at my top card, it's a land. Look at my top card, oh, it's another land. Oh, it's a, it's a three inspector. Okay, okay, get a clue. Oh, it's a sorcery. Uh, right, like it's it's yeah. So it's if you want this card to 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 be played, you need to build your deck around this card such that you have uh, pretty much no no non permanents. You're running mostly creatures with ETBs for your spell like effects. Um, then you're incentivized also to play a Johnny because a Johnny likes permanents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you need to be running. Eldrazi Displacer, uh, because you need to run <laughs> to trigger something. Revolt yeah, you need to yeah. be able to trigger Revolt every single turn. Um, so my my mind in this 
when I saw this card went to the Panharmonicon deck because you got to go Panharmonicon this and then you get to activate it every turn and get double ETB triggers where like all of your cards are never really dead with Panharmonicon out. Um, even without Panharmonicon, right? Like you just get free Cloud Blazers and free Drowners and free Displacers and all these things. Um, but honestly, like even in that deck, I don't think I want it. Uh, like that would be, in my mind, one of the better decks to play the card, but it still seems like it's it's not doing anything the turn you play it. And I can't take turn four off to play Harmonicon, then turn five off to play an enchantment that doesn't do anything. Uh, not trigger revolt the turn I play it because I'm tapping out and I nothing is dying. Maybe you attack and you suicide a creature, but then do you want to do that? Is that worth I a know, creature? It's like... um, so I know, it's like... So I, I don't think you're going to see it. Sadly. Yeah. I think it's cool. Something to keep in mind. It, like, almost has a home. I'm like, oh, run it with the Puzzle Knots. Like, I don't know. The Puzzle Knots? Because you sack them at your own will. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, you could run it with with uh, Yeheni, uh, who sacks creatures for you to give it indestructible. Mm. You could run it with um, From Beyond, make a Scion every turn, and then sack it to trigger a Revolt. Uh, yeah, it's just Yeah, not... these are kind of... It's not happening. Not happening. Since you've mentioned Yeheni, let's take a look at them. Uh, Yeheni, Undying Partisan. Black 2 for 2-2, two, two, Legendary Aetherborn Vampire. Haste, whenever a creature opponent controls dies, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Yeheni and Dying Partisan. Sacrifice another creature. Yeheni gains Indestructible till end of turn. Card's good. Yeah. Um, this this is nice. Uh, if, the, if an Aristocrat-style deck emerges, Yeheni will be in it because... It is the Nantuko Husk replacement of a free sack outlet that you just sack your whole board to and then cutthroat them to death. Additionally, it's very resilient. Like, I mean, it will die to exile removal, which there's a lot of right now, uh, Deck and Stone and Stasis Snare in particular. But you can protect it from anything else. I guess Grasp kills it too. That's a lot of stuff. Um, but. <laughs> and they can die, reflect your mage it once you've put a whole yeah, bunch can of reflect your mage counters it. on it. But ideally, you get to. Play this and then sack your board and you're in a good spot. Uh, yeah. It also has the downside of like its body is really small. It is. Um, Nantuko Husk was great because you could attack with it and then force them to make really bad blocks so they don't die. Yeah. Um, and this you get one to... they just like chump and then you're like, oh, I have to sack a creature so Yeheni doesn't die. Yeah, you never really have a chance to deal a, a good chunk of damage with it. Right. So because that was one nice way to win is there if you didn't have the drain outlet, just swing with your giant Nantuko Husk like. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, Yeheni doesn't have that ability, so. Yeah. Definitely something to keep an eye on, though. Um, if there's an Aristocrat-style deck, I think it'll it'll be played in there. Yeah. Also unfortunate that it's a legendary creature, because Sack Outlet would be so important for an Aristocrat-style deck. You want to run a lot of them because you have to draw them, but obviously multiples are not. That's true. Not so good. That's true. That's true. Our next card is Aegis Automaton. This is two mana for a zero three artifact creature, and you pay white four to return another creature you control to its owner's hand. Pretty quick, this card is fine and limited. Uh, it blocks and it triggers uh, revolt, and you can re trigger ETBs. Um, in the grindy black white deck uh, that was in Kaladesh, this card slots right into there because you get to get. You know, that was the deck you get going with the Restoration Gear Smiths, and then you Aviary Mechanic those back to your hand, and then trigger them again to get back uh, Aviary Mechanics, and this kind of thing is good. If you're playing a really long grindy game, I like this card. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Still pretty expensive return ability. 
Oh yeah, I mean you're <laughs> you're playing a really grindy deck, right? You, yeah. you play this in a in a grindy deck. Can protect stuff to you from removal, which is nice. That's true. Um, but dual, dual purpose there. Yeah, and it does does block pretty well. It does. Next we have Ether Geode Miner. This is white one for a three one dwarf scout. Whenever it attacks, you get two energy counters, and you can pay two energy, exile Ether Grade. I can't read. Exile Ether Geode Miner, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. What do you think? So this is kind of weird because three one is like the weakest. It, it it'll trade with something, but you don't even maybe want to trade because you can pay two mana. Sorry, not two mana, two energy, and blanket to protect it in combat. But then why are you swinging? I it's a little bit confusing about where it slots in. Um, I, I think it's cool as a blocker that can evade stuff. I think it's cool as an attacker who can get you energy. Uh, it, it, it is a little bit of a scary attacker. Like, you know, three damage is not insignificant. And so people might feel compelled or, you know, depending on where their life total is, they might have to block it. And um, you can choose to blink or trade depending on. I li- yeah, I like it. I like it because of that, um, that mini game. Because you get to play the mini game of... I'm going to attack this card. My opponent has to block it, assuming that like they don't want to take three damage. My opponent's going to have to block it, um, and then they have to choose. Well, do they think I'm going to blink it or not? And what do they want to block it with? Which creature are they willing to trade? Are they willing to gamble that I'm going to blink it and not trade with their creature? Um, so I think this is a nice card. Uh, you might not be excited, super excited to open. It. It's not like a bomb rare, um, but it's efficient, and I think it's it's good. It's a good blocker as well. Um, and yeah i do like that it fuels its own blink effect like it gets enough energy in one attack to be able to blink on that attack yep so triggers revolt as well yep 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 definitely relevant i thought i mentioned that next we have glint sleeve siphoner black one for a human rogue that is a two one menace whenever glint sleeve siphoner enters the battlefield or attacks you get an energy counter at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two energy. If you do, you draw a card and you lose one life. So this is our latest Dark Confidant spinoff. Uh, again, in, I think in Limited, this card is very good. You sound hesitant, but you said very. I mean, it's just weak. Like, it's got a really weak body and it dies to everything, it but Menace is everything. nice. Um, and if you have a way to... Yeah, Menace is nice, but they just block with two creatures that don't well, even trade. Don't let me finish. Oh, okay, go on, go on. Menace is nice, but like, there's lots of ways to get energy. <laughs> so what that means is like, I just play this and then I can draw cards off of it if I have other energy sources, right? There's a ton of cards that produce energy. So this is this is nice. One life is a price I'm happy to pay. To draw uh, cards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, this is almost the kind of thing that you wish weren't on a body because it's so week i like the fact that it can attack i yeah. like it, this is just so it, i don't know like if you really want this ability sure you wish it wasn't on a body but like i'm happy to have it on a body because it can pressure and i think that um in standard if there's a white black humans deck this card is great in that deck because you get oh, to pump sure. it with lieutenant they can't set up a good block because it has menace and a decent amount of power and then you're actually fueling your energy and you're gonna get to keep going with gas um so yeah, I, I think that um, maybe decent in that standard deck, uh, and in limited, uh, like this is just this is a solid two drop in limited. It's a two one with menace. If I play this on turn two, they're not going to be able to block it. 
uh, and it has upside. So it's good late if you have energy and you want to dump it somewhere. Um, I, I think the card is, is solid. All right. Our next card is Mechanized Production. This is blue, blue, two for an enchantment aura. Enchant artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact. Then if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one another, you win the game. So, okay, I'm also just going to read the flavor text because I think it's pretty fun here. Uh, give me eight walkers, I'll give you the city. Dovin Bon. Um, so pretty true to that. You get eight artifacts, you win the game. Uh, Poor Dovin Bon would be like, yeah, here's eight clues. <laughs> do I, do I the city? Here's eight, Dude, eight servos. He thinks he can do it with any eight artifacts. He ain't picky. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think... I mean, so I think it's interesting. It is kind of a clock, especially with something like clues where you have other ways to get sort of a lot of copies of them. This could pretty quickly be like, play this and two turns later you have... Not two turns later. A couple turns later you have eight copies and you win. So it, it is sort of like a clock. Um, and people have to have artifact and or enchantment removal to deal with that clock. But even barring that, like you can get a lot of value from having multiples of artifacts. Uh, I don't really think you'd want to copy a Panharmonicon because... Why you know, not? It's not that you don't want multiple. I love Panharmonicon. Do you want to copy it eight times? Yeah. Do you know what that means? That means when I play uh, my my little birdie, my little human birdie. Um, Cloudblazer? Yeah, Cloudblazer. I think of it as a birdie. That's right. When I play it, I get to draw 18 cards and gain 18 life. Yeah, and then you dump them all at the end of your turn. No, I cast them all with Innovate because I'm playing a stupid three-mana Yay! artifact and doesn't do anything. <laughs> innovate. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. I mean, even, you know, getting a clue every turn is pretty cool. So I think that um, this card on a clue basically reads, you know, blue, blue, two, suspend seven, you win the game, right? Mm-hmm. This is like, this is a real clock, and they need to have... Uh, some kind of enchantment or artifact removal, and if they don't, they're going to just lose the game if you can stall for long enough. And you can build a deck to specifically try to go for the win condition. Uh, you can play this out when you already have eight copies of an artifact, and then you're all set. Additionally, it doesn't have to be eight or more artifacts with the um, same name as the artifact that is being enchanted by this card. I can enchant some arbitrary thing that I want copies of, and then have eight clues, and then I just win. Um, so I and I think that another card that you can look at if you're trying to do this is like so you're going for the clue I win plan. Put it in blue green. Blue green's really good at making clues. Then you get to <laughs> run. tracker. Yep, you get to run second harvest. Double all your tokens, and then all of a sudden you win. Uh, it happens very quickly. So there's that angle where you, this is you can treat this as a build around card that will win you the game. Um, the other angle is to treat this as a value engine. Uh, where if you can untap with it, you make up for if they, even if they kill the next turn. If I enchant a Gear Hulk with this, oh my god, um, I I'm gonna be ahead on value. It's a second four mana Gear Hulk. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, cloning a noxious Gear Hulk every turn is really sweet. Con- really cloning a Virgerous Gear Hulk every turn is really sweet. Uh, so as long as you you're willing to take that gamble. Or, or you have the ability to protect it, and you say, okay, I'm going to play this and pass the turn and hope that I get to untap. Because if I do, I'm going to be in a really, really good spot. 
Right. So then you're going for the value plan, but then you also have the incidental, I might happen to just win the game off of this card as well. Uh, and it's it's costed well. If this was five, it'd be unplayable. Uh, I think three is pretty pushed. I think two is fair. Uh, four is fair for this card. Yeah. I, I'm excited to... I really hope this shows up, and I, I kind of think it will. Yeah, I mean, there will be people trying to play janky decks around this. Um, yeah. And I, one of them might break out. Uh, most likely, this doesn't see any play at all um but i i think that it's worth trying it out especially in a shell that's running gear hulks and can uh, take advantage of that yeah next up reverse engineer blue blue three sorcery improvise draw three cards so if you were looking for blue card draw this is this is what you were hoping for um five mana this draw is three not cards. dig through time which is what i was hoping for <laughs> okay you can't get everything you want you got fatal push this set so. oh fatal push is a really good card yes have i mentioned that i don't think so oh, well, let me tell you tell a our single listeners black mana yeah is incredible to kill pretty much anything excellent so reverse engineer so i think that um if you look at this card uh this card is a sorcery speed jace's ingenuity which is awful i would not play that in a million years however the cost reduction makes this card really good if you have, I think if you have two artifacts. Um, I wouldn't pay four mana to draw three cards at a sorcery speed unless like we are really starved for cards in standard. Uh, but I would play blue, blue, one, draw three sorcery. That's like a divination that is better, <laughs> draws me an extra card. Divination saw standard play. Uh, and I think that as long as you can have two artifacts to reduce the cost on this, I'm I'm gonna play this. Uh, if you have three, then this becomes really really good, very quickly. Um, and I think that we're just almost seeing the emergence of some kind of blue, blue black artifact controlly deck here. Tezzeret makes these artifacts um, to fuel improvise this uh, mechanized production thing, you could copy one of the Ethereum cell tokens that Tezzeret's making to get to eight, because you're merely making two a turn. Reverse Engineer gets fueled by the Tezzeret tokens as well. Um, I, I don't know, I think that there, there's some possibility. Oh, the other card was uh, the artifact Black that taps, sorcery? no, the artifact that taps uh, Pacification Array, which is another thing that's like, it's a control piece, but if you're running cards with Improvise, when you don't need it for control, you get to tap it for mana. Um, and I think that's really powerful. And I think that if we get another card like that, then I think it's going to, I, I would definitely going to test it. So I think Reverse Engineer is pretty good. So next up is Tezzeret's Touch. This is Blue Black 1. Uh, it is an enchantment and aura, enchant artifact. Uh, enchanted artifact is a creature with base power and toughness 5-5 five, five in addition to its other types. When enchanted artifact is put into a graveyard, return that card to its owner's hand. So this is in Soul Artifact for... Mm -hmm. One more mana, uh, black mana particularly, um, and also gives the, uh, you know, kind of protects you a little bit from the card disadvantage that's inherent in auras, where if the card is put into a graveyard, you get it back. Uh, so this has some potential. First, we have to consider that, like we said earlier, there's a lot of exiling removal in standard. There's also reflector mage in standard. So there's a lot of ways to deal with this card and actually produce card disadvantage. So be careful of that. But the upside of going turn three, swing for five is powerful. Uh, that can be turn three, swing for five with a clue, which then you mitigate the card disadvantage because if they try to bounce it, you just crack your clue. Um, you can swing turn three- Swing for five with Ornithopter. That's what I was gonna say, with Ornithopter. Uh, or 
swing for five with Smuggler's Copter, and then you get to also loot. Um, so we saw Smuggle, uh, we saw Insult Artifact be very powerful, but we have to remember that Insult Artifact was two mana, was in a standard format that had Darksteel Citadel, which means you can mm. make an indestructible five five, and was in a standard with Shrapnel Blast, where if they try to do anything to it, or if you just felt like it, you just sack your artifact and blow them up, right, and deal five to their face. So we don't have that kind of support right now. That could change. Maybe we'll see Shrapnel Blast reprint here. Um, Run this with your Henny. Then you can sack it and make your Henny indestructible. Sack the, the creature that it makes. Oh, sure, and then you get to return to that creature it to, to, to your hand. So you get the creature back, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You, if you have some kind of a sack outlet, you get to sack it. Um, you could, you know, enchant a puzzle knot and sack that. <laughs> Since you, you mentioned that you like sacking puzzle knots. I, but I mean, even then, you're like, you're down on cards. None of the puzzle knots are, you know, good at producing card advantage. Uh, so... Yeah, Tezzeret's Touch. Maybe if you're if you're aggressive blue black or aggressive red black, and you want a blue splash in there, worth trying out. Um, so I have a question because you just said aggressive. You don't see this in the like controlling blue black deck where this is maybe like a late game win condition, and you can protect it with some of your, you know, control spells. No, no. no because would I play a five five as a finisher for a control deck? No. No. There's no control deck in the world that i would run in the would world the entire Harsh. world think about it, like so all the yeah. control finishers sphinx need to be with the final word yeah, they need to i mean even sphinx is a bad finisher i know like, but at least they had hexproof and flying well this has flying. yeah i i love sphinx the final world to be fair um but like good finishers are like they're hard to interact with and they end the game quickly this card is really easy to interact with and it makes it so that they all the removal part of the reason of the appeal of playing a control deck is that you make their removal spells dead so you don't have to worry so much about card advantage and being down on cards um because they're gonna have a bunch of dead cards in their deck so by including a card that their cards are able to interact with i think you're just doing yourself a disservice so i would not run this in a control deck as a finisher but um i would i would run it in maybe a mid-range or an artifact blue black artifact deck that's not a control deck or some kind of aggro thing yeah i just don't know that we've seen a lot of like aggressive e blue black cards oh yeah i mean that then this card might not see any play yeah it sounds like it just might not have a home but we'll see blue black is kind of an awkward color pair for this to be in um and soul i think would see play tezzeret's touch maybe maybe if there's like a blue black artifact synergy deck I, I think this could see play in there as well. Hmm. Next up is Rogue Refiner. This is one green blue for a human rogue, 3 2. When Rogue Refiner enters the battlefield, draw a card and gain two energy. Value City. Yeah, I mean, it seems good. Three for 3 2. It can kill some stuff. It's a human. Could go in. I mean, the blue isn't really the human colors, but. Card's really good and limited. And oh, in standard. Yeah. Draw a card, gain two energy. Yeah, and then in standard, this could this could probably find a home. Um, you're getting a three-two body that can probably trade with something. You're getting two energy to fuel whatever shenanigans you're up to, <laughs> and you draw a card. So yeah. I, I like this guy. No, Value City, big fan. I, I don't see the shell for him right now, but I I feel like he has a home. Our last card of the night is Renegade Rallier. This is uh, white green one for a three-two human warrior. Has Revolt when it enters the battlefield. If a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, return target permanent with convert mana costs two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. 
So, first, this card could be actually playable in modern. Um, you get to bring what? back, what? You get to bring back Ghost Quarter, you get to bring back Fetch Lands. Um, it's kind of competing a little bit with Eternal Witness, but like this brings it right back to the battlefield instead of your hand. You can bring back combo pieces like Viscera Seer if you need to, uh, Malira, whatever. Um, so I think it has some potential there. I also think that in standard, two things jump out at me. One, a human. I don't know if the card is aggressive enough altogether with its mana cost, stats, and ability if I want this in humans. If you can bring back Thalia's Lieutenant, <clears throat> totally worth it. Uh, I just don't know that like you'll be able to do that reliably enough to make it worth it running. Because if we assume that you, you don't, and I'm paying 3 mana for a 3-2 human, I don't think I want that. Because I can currently pay 2 mana for a 3-2 trampling human that pumps itself to a 4-3 when it attacks. So, probably not in humans, but I think it's good generically in standard, in like a mid-rangey deck, uh, because you get to bring back any permanent that's just 2 mana, which is Sylvan Advocate, Grim Flare. Copter. That's right, Copter. It says permanent, not creature, right? So, Copter is a great target for this card. Um... So I, I really like the, again, the card advantage that you're getting off of this is pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, we only have three more days of, uh, of spoilers. I guess uh, small sets only get one week. So we have Wednesday, Thursday, and then the full spoiler on Friday. So we're looking forward to going through the rest of the cards with you. Uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, spoiler Season. season.